0: What's up, everybody? I'm Faraz Siddiqui from Upper Hand Fantasy. Huge trade that went down on Thursday night. Devonta Adams being traded to the Raiders. Not something that I saw coming. He gets his deal. Aaron Rodgers has no one to throw to. And there were reports that claimed that Aaron Rodgers knew that this might happen, but who knows. I'm going to go over all the fantasy implications for every player impacted by this trade. So who are the main winners of this trade from a fantasy football perspective? The first winner of this trade is Aaron Jones. Over the last three years in games without Devonta Adams, Aaron Jones has feasted especially in the receiving game. In the seven games Aaron Jones has played without Devonte Adams over the last three years, he's averaged 26 fantasy points per game. And his usage was way up when Adams isn't in the lineup. Averaging 20 touches a game, averaging 123 yards from scrimmage, and he's averaged almost one and a half touchdowns per game. Now, he might not see 20 touches per game with A.J. Dillon still pretty involved, but if you really think about it, like, 12 to 13 carries per game, 6 to 8 targets per game in a world without Devontae Adams seems doable to me. And that can result in, you know, nearly 20 opportunities per game, and that 20-touch game here and there can happen. With a large percentage of that coming in the receiving game, which is really what matters here. I think Jones went from a pretty volatile RB2, high-end RB2-ish, to a low-end RB1 borderline rb1 type of player who is going to hit you know those rb1 ceilings more often than he did last year the next winner is obvious and that's the raiders offense now this might surprise you but josh mcdaniels has actually been a pretty pass heavy offensive coordinator for a majority of his career out of his 16 years as either an offensive coordinator or head coach he's had only four seasons where his team wasn't top 12 in pass attempts per game and big surprise those four seasons was either without Tom Brady or without Tom Brady playing a full season. By the way, if you guys haven't clicked the like button, that would help me out a lot. Click it. With Devonte in town now, you already have Darren Baller. You have Hunter Renfro. Why not continue those pass-heavy tendencies now that you have the weapons? I get it. No Tom Brady, but I think you're going to have to give it a shot with Derek Carr. If you know me, I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan in the world. But with his college wide receiver back, the best wide receiver in the game still, he can eat. And this offense could be very productive in the pass game. And as far as fantasy goes, I think we can finally put Derek Carr in the, you know, preseason QB1 conversations. I think he should be there ranked as a top 12 quarterback, finally. Now, I want to say something before we get into what this offense could potentially look like. You kind of have to throw away what you've seen out of Derek Carr, how he used his weapons in the past, um, and all that. You just have to throw that away, because now... You have a brand new alpha. You have somebody who's going to command targets. Things are going to change. You know, you can't look at it like, well, he didn't use Michael Crabtree like that. Or he didn't use Amari Cooper like that. Or look, he couldn't even get Brian Edwards to do his thing. Don't do it. Things are going to change on this offense and it can change dramatically. Especially given that this offense is going to be completely different with Josh McDaniels coming in. Now, I don't think Devonta Adams is going to be the same guy in terms of production as he was with Aaron Rodgers. I think most people would agree with that. And with Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams, since 2016, has averaged 20 fantasy points per game. Since 2016. Bananas. And the Packers' passing offense lately has been a straight funnel to Devonta Adams. Targets were extremely tightly distributed just to Devonta Adams. And I don't think that is necessarily going to happen in Vegas. Now, he's definitely number one on the pecking order in terms of who's getting fed first, right? Uh, But I think the fact that they have Darren Waller, somebody who definitely deserves and should command targets, um, you know, I don't think that Devonta Adams is going to be getting, you know, 15, 16 Target games like he has in Green Bay. I think the distribution will be relatively top heavy. It will be tightly distributed, obviously not as tightly distributed as it was in Green Bay, but I think Adams is going to eat first, followed by Darren Waller, followed by Hunter renfra In Green Bay, it was basically Adams and then no one else. Devontae had 169 targets last year, and then Aaron Jones was second with 65. Now, I'm not bumping Adams down too much, though, right? You look at guys like Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, that's basically it. Those are the, the four main guys that I'm willing to take over Devonta Adams next year. You can make a case for Debo, Stephon Diggs maybe, but that's a conversation for another day. So still a top five wide receiver in redraft leagues for me in 2022. He would be number one if he stayed in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. There was a ton of defensive attention on Darren Waller last year. And I think introducing Devonta Adams into that offense is going to make Waller so much more efficient. And I think his game is going to be taken to another level production-wise. I think he remains like the tight end four, you know, behind guys like Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts. And I think there's a little bit of an argument that can be made to put him above Kyle Pitts. On the low, I think this can become one of the best receiver duos in the league. Hunter Renfro was a PPR machine last year. He was an every week start and every week PPR wide receiver too. Now keep in mind, his three 100-yard games came with Darren Waller out of the lineup. And Josh McDaniels does have a long history of utilizing his slot wide receiver. However, if his best receivers aren't playing in the slot, that might not happen this year. I think Renfro can still be a top 36 PPR wide receiver and every week wide receiver three, but I don't really want to draft him as a top 36 wide receiver. I don't think he's going to have that weekly ceiling, and I just don't know if he's going to have that floor that we've been depending on over the past season, really. So depending on the price, I might be out on Renfro, but if I can draft him as like a top 45 wide receiver or so, you know, with a little bit of room for error, I would much rather do that. As of today, which is the day after the Devontae Adams trade, he's being drafted on underdog as the wide receiver 32. I'm really not sure what to do with this Raiders backfield right now. The Patriots have never shied away from three-man committees, and there isn't a guy in this backfield where you're like, you have to feed him, right? I don't think Josh Jacobs is that guy where you're saying, like, you have to give him the ball, you have to give him touches. And they haven't even shied from three-man committees in the past, right? They have Josh Jacobs there, they have Kenyon Drake there. So now they have somebody who they might consider their 1A, but they might consider Kenyon Drake their 1B. And they also just brought in Brandon Bolden from the Patriots, who played that passing down role when James White got hurt. Brandon Bolden is very familiar with the offense, so, you know, there is a chance that he does see the field on offense and isn't just limited to special teams as he's done most of his career. I'd still expect Josh Jacobs to be the primary back, the primary goal line back, so there is a solid chance with this offense taking a step forward that he ends up as like a solid RB2 because of that double-digit touchdown potential. Aaron Rodgers, though, man, he has no one to throw to. It's a sad life. Well, listen, he just got paid, so I think he's chilling, but... From a fantasy perspective, I don't think he's going to be that guy. He has Aaron Jones to throw to, who, who is now his wide receiver one. I'm not going to elevate Alan Lazard. I'm not going to elevate Marquise Valdez-Scantling if he does resign. It's hard to bet on the Packers doing anything right in the draft. But I would bet that the Packers use an early pick on a wide receiver. But who knows? This is the same Packers team that drafted A.J. Dillon when they have Aaron Jones and then extended Aaron Jones... This is the same team that drafted Jordan Love when they had Aaron Rodgers and then they extended Aaron Rodgers. This is the same team that drafted Amari Rodgers, who didn't run more than 50 routes, even though he was healthy last year, and the Packers had a ton of opportunities at the wide receiver position. Oh, shit. Deshaun's going to go to Cleveland? That's crazy. By the way, I just found out that Deshaun Watson wants to go to Cleveland, so I guess I'll do another video on that later. Now, Aaron Rodgers can still do his thing, but I don't think I'm going to be ranking him as like a top 10 fantasy quarterback. As things stand right now, as his weapons stand right now, I just I just can't do it, especially with Aaron Jones as his top option. Now, he's got it done in, in, in multiple games without Devontae Adams. I'm not saying he can't get it done, uh, but... That's in a small sample size. In a larger sample size, in the course of a season, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to put up big numbers, especially given the fact that he doesn't scramble. So for fantasy purposes, he's going to have to throw a bunch of touchdowns, and I just don't see that happening this year. Let me know what you think of this trade in the comments. Thanks for watching, guys. See ya.